Hello and welcome to the Resiliency by Design podcast, where we will embark on a journey exploring the multitude of issues woven into climate change. My name is Ozzy Lang, and I will be guiding you through this exploration with help from experts who are working within the local and global systems to mitigate the impacts of climate change while adapting to new circumstances. In this episode, we will be exploring food systems. Joining us today is Christina Blanchraggi, a local changemaker who works with Nurture and Nature in Pemberton, BC. Christina is also a student researcher at Royal Rose University. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Could you explain your role at Nurture and Nature? My titles now range from garden coordinator, program developer, fundraiser, grant writer, lead gardener, permaculture teacher, and I guess community engagement coordinator as well. When COVID hit earlier this spring, along with many other people, I was laid off from my position because it was non-essential. And I started looking at what around my community was going on and what I could do with my time to be helpful. I recognized that there were a lot of people in Pemberton who wanted direct access to their food. There were 47 people on a wait list for a community garden. So I started a community garden, teaching people how to use permaculture practices and farm their own food on a private piece of property that's about five kilometers out of Pemberton. In your opinion, how resilient is our current food system? It's so awesome to ask these questions right after COVID-19 because you would have had no proof about six months ago when someone says our systems are so unresilient, irresilient. Any large catastrophe that breaks the right chain link could send people in really devastating loops. Here in Canada and in North America, we've been pretty lucky because we do have more or less resilient food systems because we do produce a lot of the food systems with our Western agricultural systems. However, if you look at many of the other places in the world right now that are experiencing climate change and COVID-19 and interruptions in their food systems, there's a lot of places in the world that are really, really struggling right now. How do you feel community gardens impact local and global food systems? There is this huge systemic disconnect for the average person and the resources that actually sustain their physical being. There's this construct that we live in in society uh, where we live in boxes and then we go to another box and do our work and then you go back to your normal box. And there's so little interaction with the water that you drink, the air that you breathe, the food that you eat, the physical world outside of our little boxes which is actually what sustains our physical selves. And this is all based on neoclassical economics, where we need to live inside of this economic society and make money in order to do things. And it leads to this disconnect from the things that that we physically need. Community gardens offer this green space where people can not only connect to nature, but connect to their food system. And I think that's so important to link the two together, that nature is our food system and food system comes from nature. We need to to use nature in a, in a regenerative way. Community gardens where people interact directly with their food system encourage appreciation, connection, and health. The garden members get their hands in the dirt. 
Do you believe that having community interaction within the food system is creating more resiliency? Resiliency increases with diversity. All of these different community members coming onto this property are bringing that diversity. They're all bringing their own knowledge. One woman who is here is a certified herbalist, and so she has sort of taken over the responsibility of making sure that we have medicinal herbs, an entire medicinal herb garden, so that we can be making the holistic medicines out of this space. And there's one woman who is coming, who, who's been involved this year, who is a shaman. If one person wants to go on vacation, no big deal. <laughs> Everybody gets to continue to have have that same life and that standard of life that that they have while still enjoying the connection to nature and their food source. It sounds like this diversity goes beyond just the people who participate in nurture and nature. You've also talked about the diversity of plants and animals that you have on the property. Does this diversity also impact the resiliency of the space? I counted more than 40 species of plants that we brought onto the property this year. I put in cherry trees, a plum tree, 20 different berry bushes, both blueberry and raspberry, and the rest of them were all different types of produce. Now, I looked up one research that said that most industrial agricultural facilities process the same, a, a, a variety of the same 90 products, and carrots, tomatoes, lettuces. So for one 10,000 square foot farm to have produced 40 varieties of product uh, is kind of an astounding number that we've really achieved so much diversity in just our first year. And the way that we did that was we looked through heirloom seed catalogs and did a lot of wild seed collecting as well. So I went to a bunch of other gardeners here in town, had kind of heirlooms, heirloom varieties, and Pemberton has a pretty strong seed-saving contingency. So I was able to get a bunch of heirloom seeds from here in Pemberton that have already been grown in this area. I was also able to get this lunar white carrot that I pulled out of the ground yesterday that was literally a foot long, and it was three inches wide at the top. It was just this massive, massive carrot. It's not a carrot you would find on the grocery store shelf. Uh, it's an heirloom variety. It's just not something that the typical consumer would buy because this is bright white albino carrot. But it's absolutely incredible to be growing something like that that's so different for, for people here. It, it's been so fun. And with all of these plants in the garden, do they ever compete for space? I love using the garden as a metaphor for life. One of my favorites is Darwinism. The strongest survives. In the garden, that's not necessarily true. Plants collaborate. They work together. They send each other messages. And we have lots and lots of documented research around how trees will work together in a forest in order to fight off a disease, to warn each other uh, of a predator. And plants do the same thing. If you plant a carrot next to a lettuce, they're not in competition. The lettuce is actually shading the soil where that carrot is going to grow. So the moisture stays down deeper where that taproot grows from. They're actually in collaboration. 
And I love watching companion planting. I did a couple sections of our garden this year where I companion planted a whole bunch of stuff together. You need one tap root because it's gonna go nice and deep and use the moisture from nice and low. Uh, and then you want sh one shade, quick shade providing plant, which is the lettuce. When, when you pull that lettuce out, then your carrot has a lot more space to grow or whatever else is growing in that area. I had so much more fun in the companion planting section of the garden because I didn't have to weed it as much. All I was doing when I was weeding things was actually eating the lettuce that I pulled out to give room for my carrot. And the plants did better. They grew faster, they grew healthier, they grew bigger than the plants that were in the rows. And so I think that that's just a, a great example of how in wildlife and in gardens and in life in general, collaboration makes us all stronger and working together is better. And we have this huge misconception that we're always competing against everybody else. And, and I don't think it's true. What community members are currently being attracted to nurture in nature? It's attracted the people who, who are strong enough and ready enough to want to collaborate. The ones that are here are the ones that are, are brave enough to say, maybe let's give it a go. 15 people put two hours every week into this land that is right outside my window. And if, if I chose, or if Kim, the landowner, chose not to allow this to happen next year, it would probably feel like a big waste for those people. There is definitely risk in this cooperative agricultural environment where we have to come together and trust each other. The people who have been here have been very brave and been very strong, and I'm very grateful to all of them for giving it a go. And it's been so fun and so rewarding. What does the rest of the community in Pemberton think of Nurture in Nature? Because it's new, it's different, it's non-traditional, and when you do something new and different, you're bound to cause waves. There are neighbors who do not like what we're doing because it's inviting randoms to the property. There are farmers in the area who don't understand nor appreciate what we're doing because I now am feeding people that would have been buying their products, so they see me as in competition to them or see this, this initiative as being in competition. And I, and I can't wait for the days when we can come together and, and address those, those concerns and try to shift the view. We can get so much more done together. We can look at ourselves as a system working together, or we can look at ourselves as individuals working against each other. I hope that just because it's new and different doesn't cause so much of a rift that we can't get over the fact that we're still all just trying to work together, feed each other, and be the best people that we can be. In this shared goal of feeding people, it sounds like some people in the community are not on the same page as you. Could you describe this idea of collaborators in comparison with competitors? We people are so black and white, right and wrong. This is the way. And, and I think that we forget that there's so many different ways of doing things and, and the best way of doing things is to do things together because together we can get so much more done. Pemberton itself, I think, has, has 14 farms here and I would never consider myself in competition with those farms because if I can feed a lot of people in Pemberton, then we can get that food from those larger farms to places, other places where it is needed. Many organizations say that there is no lack of food in the world today, but there's still hunger. It's just a lack of the distribution of food. Now, if we bring in sustainability uh, to that, there are best practices on a farm. There are ways to be more sustainable. 
and there are ways to do less damage to the environment. And I would hope that even industrial-sized farms can find a way to, to farm at scale without doing damage. I know that there's ways to do that, and, and I hope that we begin to kind of look into that practice more over time. So I think that coexisting with feeding people where we can on a small scale and creating larger systems to support the people that still have trouble supporting themselves makes a nice balance of, of taking care of everybody, including the non-human beings. Beyond this relationship with the community, what else has been challenging about creating the community garden? I came to it as an educator, but still have to make it into a business. It feels overwhelming sometimes. Starting new things is hard. What is going through your mind when you are thinking about developing this business model? When, when I look at economics, I always look at the, the triple bottom line, that people, planet, profit and or another model where the environment is, is the biggest circle and in the environment become, comes the society and in the society comes the economics. And I think that people really like it. When they come here and, and their time, instead of receiving dollars for their time, they're receiving education, they're receiving community connection, they're receiving good food, healthy nutrition, they're receiving physical activity, and that value is, is much higher than technically the dollar amount than I think people would expect for that amount of time. The way that this garden has worked this summer is that every garden member comes for a two-hour shift every week, and then in exchange for two hours of work, they bring home a designated harvest share. So just like a community a CSA, a community share, community agriculture share box, I'm calling this a community grown agricultural box. These people have all come together and made their own produce. While I do want to be able to offer some of it back to the community to create a cash inflow for the garden to be able to afford the seeds and the compost, et cetera, that this garden is going to need again next year, it's a byproduct of all of this beautiful people coming together and making things together. And it's, it's not the product of the farm. The product of the farm itself is this learning environment where we all get to come together. Uh, and I think the, the business model includes paying small membership fees. And if we have more people all paying small membership fees coming together, uh, then we all just get to enjoy the space together and we don't have to worry about making a product and selling it. So Nurture in Nature is not only helping supply the basic need of food, it is also a place for people to gather. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the things that people need, food is one of them, but COVID-19 has made it very apparent how social we really are at our core. And so being social is necessary for our sanity. Being outside is necessary for our spirituality and our mental well-being. So all of these things can come from this outdoor space. Do you see community gardens as a place to educate people or is their primary purpose to feed the community? Both. If people can play a role in creating their own food, that is a direct route to more sustainable options. But we need to teach them how to do that first, and then they need to teach each other. 
And then that space can still be used to teach what else can you learn in a garden? Everything. Transplanting, grafting, seed saving, medicinal salves, and how to preserve your food, pickling, canning, knitting. Why not? Use the outdoor space and learn to knit. So so this backdrop of a space that, the, that a community has come together and created with each other and for each other can then be the backdrop forever for a beautiful learning environment and collaboration from there on out. What inspires you about the community garden? I go outside and for the first time of the season, I see the first sunflower and it's amazing. But then a week later, the sunflower isn't amazing anymore, but it still creates this sense of wonder and awe. As you become more familiar with the natural world, your, your interactions with it transition from amazement to wonder and awe, which have this sense of respect to them. And I think that it's such an important part of getting people outside consistently connected to nature. So they're not just, amazement is wonderful and it's a great beginning and, it, and it's awesome to be amazed by how beautiful that is, but then to actually wonder, huh, why is it like that? How is it like that? How does it relate to the things around it comes after that initial shock reaction. And so, yeah, the, that's the lesson that I have here is, is go find wonder. Go out and experience the natural world, get involved with your food systems and move to a place of being in wonderment and in awe and grateful of the place that gives you everything that you need. Thank you so much for your time today, Christina. I think that you have really brought to light a lot of information around community gardening and how much impact they can have on the food system. I'd like to thank each of you for taking the time to listen today, and I hope that you're walking away with some deep thought about our food systems. On the next episode of the Resiliency by Design podcast, we will continue our exploration of food systems with an expert from the Food Systems Dashboard. I hope each of you have a wonderful day.